Hey, I'm Jesse. We're in Nehemiah chapter 13. You're going to see a prayer return. You've seen this a couple of times. You can understand why. In chapter 6, when Nehemiah is asking God to remember what's happening here, he just wants it to go on record. Like God, God doesn't forget things. Even this teaching that God forgets our sins is not quite accurate with the text says that he chooses not to remember them anymore and he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. It's not like God gives himself amnesia, conks himself in the head with the heavenly club. Rather, God remembers it all, but Nehemiah just wants to go on record. God, please remember this. Please remember what my enemies did. Please remember this good thing that I did. It's going to come up four times in this one chapter alone. And I'll agree with uh, biblical scholar D.A. Carson, that may not be a good thing. All right, when old dudes who have been faithful in the ministry want lots and lots of accolades and, and people to remember all the good things that they've done, it may not be a good thing. It may not be a good thing. There's another wildly different interpretation that draws back that same kind of thought that Nehemiah may have been a eunuch. And because he's a eunuch, he doesn't have he doesn't have any progeny to carry on his name and remember his legacy. That was a big deal. Actually, kind of in Persian culture, uh, within Hebrew culture, it was a big deal because of your allocation of the promised land. And so he's just asking God to remember him, asking God to remember this stuff. I don't, I don't think it's totally out of the question just to say like, uh, you know, God, you know, thank you for giving me this opportunity to do this. God, I hope that I've done your will by carrying out this ministry. Uh, you know, but when, when you're self-seeking in your prayers this way, like, God, let the record show that I did a good job here and I need a gold star for what I've done here. It may not be a good thing. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that this is further proof that Nehemiah was a eunuch. I see some validity to the interpretation. Here's what the text says and you tell me what you think. He's just, by the way, kicked Tobiah out of the temple. He had taken up the room where it was supposed to be you know, allocations for the people who worked in the temple. I also found out that because the portions for the Levites had not been given, each of the Levites and the singers performing the service had gone back to his own field. Therefore, I rebuked the officials asking, why has the house of God been neglected? I gathered the Levites and the singers together and stationed them at their posts. Then all Judah brought a tenth of the grain, new wine and fresh oil into the storehouses. I appointed as treasurers over the storehouses, the priest Shalemiah, the scribe Zadok, and Padiah of the Levites with Hanan, son of Zakur, and son of Mataniah to assist them because they were considered trustworthy. They were responsible for the distribution to their colleagues. Then comes the first, iter first the, the, the four iterations in this chapter. Remember me for this, my God, and don't erase the deeds of my faithful love I have done for the house of my God and for its services. So take what you will from Nehemiah's prayer. It seems reasonable though self-serving, it could indicate that he is a eunuch, but I want to talk about what he actually just did to the actual deed itself. This was a big deal to have invaded, for Tobiah to have invaded a space that was allocated for the Levites, but what Nehemiah points out is that means that a whole lot of people who were entrusted with their posts in the ministry of the temple had abandoned their posts. And that meant that the Levites were unprovided for, that the temple singers were unprovided for, that the priests no longer had any provision. And because of all the people in greater Judah, Tobiah was shocking up in there. So this was all the more an insult to them. Now, what was their response when 
their storehouse was turned into uh, like, you know, a bachelor pad for Tobiah, then what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to eat? How are they supposed to survive? They go back out and they just they just get other jobs. That's what they do. They were posted here, but now they're just gone. That's what verse that's what, what verse uh, ten says that the Levites and the singers performing the service had gone back to their own fields. Would you, if you've never given before, would you give this week? We've just at the Redemption Church just announced our building campaign. If you're using this after the fact for your own building campaign, I want to invite you as well. Give to your church. If you're part of the uh, Revival Project, please give. Please give. Because without your gifts, certain ministry can't go forward. And it's not just for the sake of the building campaign. It's also for the sake of the provision of those who give their lives to the ministry. If you are blessed by our worship team and the music that they put together, would you give to the Redemption Church? because this is what makes it possible. The hours set aside to make ministry possible, uh, those are working hours and they can't be spent earning money somewhere else. So would you provide for them by modeling your giving after God's model? Now, I know that this is the Old Testament, but Paul drew upon this same precedent in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, pointing out how those who carry at the temple services, that's how they eat that God has preordained that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. So Nehemiah rightly spots an injustice here. So when you give to the Revival Project, you're also giving to the church at large. So thank you for your gifts. Those of you who have given faithfully, if you've never given before, I wanna invite you in. I want you to consider this, that if you're blessed by the ministries of the church, make the ministries of the church financially possible by partnering with us and giving. It was a big deal to Nehemiah. I hope it's a big deal to you as well. Join me and my family as we likewise give to the Revival Project and to the church. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this text. Thank you for this story. I pray that as we finish the book of Nehemiah and we see the beauty, but we see the tension, we see Israel straying from you and then coming home again, that we would have our eyes set on the larger picture and that is revival, that your hand is able to bring revival. You did it in ancient Judah as you brought your people home. Would you do it here in our context as well? Would you bring revival and bring your people home? In Jesus' name, amen.